Hey guys, welcome to the All Jacked Up podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jenkins, and I am all jacked up in all kinds of good ways. Everything we talk about on this podcast is going to come from a place of us being all jacked up about Jesus. But more importantly, everyone on this podcast, whether it's me, your host, or someone we're interviewing, we're all jacked up and need Jesus. So if you're all jacked up, you're in the right place. Hey, hey, what's up, my brothers and sisters? Yes, I think I told you at one podcast that I will not be singing, and that was a false statement. I'm going to sing a lot. Uh, Man, I am super pumped because tonight we have one of my favorite people of all time and uh so let me let me introduce you to who my co-host is tonight it is mr bob pinto yeah. so uh i actually call him bobby let me tell you a little bit about bobby, bobby. there he is, is yeah there he is so <laughs> bob pinto actually took a chance and hired me to come on staff uh, with FCA softball, which crazy life changing events, so cool. Bob is married to Dot Richardson, a former softball Olympian, so he has been in the softball world for a long, long time, and uh, just one of my favorite human beings on earth. Oh, thank you, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is hey, we we've been talking about doing a podcast together an episode, I guess, uh, together for a long time. And we will actually have conversations. And at the end of that conversation, we both go. This should be a show. This should be a show. <laughs> or a show. <laughs> no question about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bob is one of my favorite people because I can call him and I don't even have to say hello when he picks up. I just start making kind of weird noises like this is true. hey this is bobby true. and he, yeah it is true right it is true yeah it's a i, I feel very like annoying, that's very annoying at times. <laughs> this is pick on dana day <laughs> it <Yeah>. is. <laughs> i did not realize that so if you guys are familiar with uh the movie Step Brothers with will ferrell oh my gosh one of my favorite movies of all time but uh, there's a really funny scene in that movie where they're going on job interviews. It's two brothers, two stepbrothers, you know, hence the title. It's uh, two stepbrothers. They're going on job interviews together. And at one point, they look at the guy that is interviewing them, and they're like, we're going to interview you. And so the guy sitting behind the desk, he goes, oh, okay, all right, that could be pretty effective. But they ask all of these incredibly inappropriate questions, which makes the whole thing really funny. So when we were talking about what should we talk about on this podcast, Bob said, well, I think the podcast should be me interviewing you. So here we go. Bob, it's all yours, brother. I bet you everybody's dying to know about you. They've probably already turned it off. No, I don't think so. You're going to be a famous podcaster someday, and they're going to want to know. Oh, that's kind of scary. Yeah, I'm, I'm famous to Macy and Abel. I'm definitely famous Abel. to them. Do they know who that is? They, I don't know. They don't. They no. I've never talked to Macy and Abel. Are 
the best dogs on the planet. They're my dogs. Abel is an Aussie doodle. Macy is a pretty overweight beagle, but she's precious. So you're interviewing yourself. Go on. No. <laughs> I haven't um, asked a question and already we have answers. Yeah. Spectacular. See- so <laughs> the, fir- <laughs> the first question. So just tell everybody, where were you born? Oh my gosh. Really? Really? Go ahead. Uh, DeKalb, Georgia. So nobody You're even a knows. I, I am. If you grow up in Georgia, you are either a bulldog or a yellow jacket. And my entire family, we're all bulldogs. So, um, yeah, we, we don't really mess with the yellow jackets a whole lot. DeKalb. DeKalb. Yes. DeKalb. Okay. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so you grew up there? I actually grew up uh, in Norcross, Georgia, which is about 20, 25 minutes north of Atlanta. All right. So what was little Dana like? Oh. Baby Dana. P-U-N-K. Just a punk. <laughs> Just a- <laughs> Your whole life? <laughs> yeah. You were a punk coming out? Oh, I, probably. I, don't, I think me being a, a baby, um, my mom and, and grandmother used to say I was a good baby, so I don't really know what went wrong after that. But I will say this. They also dipped my pacifier in honey and just shoved it in my mouth. So, so there's that. So I was probably a That's good baby. That's why you were all jacked up. You were all jacked up as a baby. Fantastic. From the beginning. From sugar. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> all right. So you were a punk. Well, I, I was just, you know, I was that kid that always felt like I had, you know, uh, to prove everybody wrong. I always had a chip on my shoulder. For what reason? I don't know, because yeah, I, I had a gonna, great life. Yeah, I was going to ask you, why did you have a chip? I don't know. <laughs> I have great parents. Um, I never went without. Uh, but I was, I felt overlooked. You know, I was always a small kid. And uh, so I think, you know, athletically, when people see the small person, they kind of, you feel a little bit overlooked. And so it was kind of my, I was on a mission to prove everybody wrong. So a little chip on the shoulder. A little, mm-hmm. a punk in all the good ways. Can I say that? A punk in all the how is that in all the right oh, oh. okay I have a theory so uh, obviously my sport is softball uh, I was a shortstop I think here's my theory every good shortstop has to have a little bit of a punk in them they've got to so have wait a, a minute <laughs> are you going to tell Dot she had a little punk in her <laughs> I you know Dot has you wouldn't call it punk with Dot you would call it fire. But with a kid with a chip on their shoulder, you call him a punk. Right? All right. All right. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Did you look up to Dot? Did you know who she was? Oh, my goodness. Yes. I I absolutely knew who she was. I looked up to her. The crazy thing is uh, I was number one all throughout my career. Obviously, Dot was number one as well. But I got number one not because I chose it originally, but because I was the smallest kid on the team. So they were like, here, here's an extra, extra, extra small jersey. Give it to that little punk over there. (laughs) You remember the days when the team gave out jerseys 1 to 20 and that was it? Absolutely. Now now today today they have 67, 99. I think that's kind of silly, actually. I absolutely. I, if once I see numbers like ninety nine and sixty seven and you know fifty three, that those are football numbers. Those do not belong on the softball field. It's just just my two cents. Yeah, let's not get into this. Um, <laughs> we can go deep into that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. So you were a punk growing up. You played shortstop. Any other sports? 
Uh, in high school, I played basketball and soccer. I was god awful at basketball. I mean, just just terrible. Um, the coach actually threw a chair at me one practice because oh I, I just I, I couldn't. Wish I saw that. It, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> so what did you do wrong that he threw a chair I at just, you? I, I just didn't. I didn't get it. Like I just didn't get this. You know, we were running plays, and I was supposed to be in a certain place. And I just, I don't know. You had a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, you, you, you were know, somewhere else. Right? Exactly. You know, nobody nobody knew what ADHD was back in the day. No, I'm pretty sure I had it. I'm pretty sure I still have it. The original. <laughs> Diana's the original ADHD girl. Yes. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> news, news flash. Oh uh, my gosh. So that doesn't warrant throwing a chair, but that, <laughs> but interestingly, is you um, became a coach later. And yes. were you influenced by that chair throwing at all? You know, I. I <laughs> was I influenced? Well, if you you're told asking me you were a little, if I if I ever little, yeah if if you you're were asking a punk coaching too weren't you I was I was mm-hmm. um, it, it definitely before I surrendered to Jesus there was my coaching career literally has two parts before surrender to Jesus and after surrender to Jesus and I BC coached and AD? yes <laughs> absolutely absolutely um, honestly getting into coaching uh, my biggest influence it was not. The basketball coach in high school um, did not. We just we didn't have a great relationship uh, for many reasons. <laughs> I bet. Uh, but my college softball coach, um, I she was great, and I'm still in touch with her to this day. And uh, just was a was a big big influence, and um, I don't know. Just had a lot of people, a lot of really good people in my life influencing me at that time, and. Honestly, when I got into coaching, I was really one of those people that stood back and was like, I'm getting paid to do this. This is nuts. This is the greatest job ever. So so when did you know you were going to be a softball player? Like, Out of all the other sports? What Definitely from say? the very beginning. My, my parents, you know, like, gosh, I, I graduated high school in 1992. And so when I was, you know, seven, eight years old, my mom signed me up for Little League. And we ended up going to this park where eventually they had a 10U team, a 12U team, 14U team, so all that. But all of it was fast pitch. And at this time, there was a ton of slow pitch stuff going on. So it was 100% a God thing that I ended up at a ballpark that did nothing but fast pitch. But I loved it. I loved getting dirty. I loved everything about the sport. I just, it was one of those love at first sight. So you play, when did you, how old were you when you started playing softball? I'm pretty sure I was seven. Seven, little t-ball stuff? Little t-ball, yeah. Well, it was, at that time, I think at seven or eight, they were, it was the first round of kids pitching to themselves. And I was, I was actually a pitcher. Good luck. <laughs> Did you ever, like, just tackle anybody on the other team because you had a chip on them? No. Okay. No. <laughs> I could see you doing that. Remember, the chip on my shoulder, that that ended up working out for good. It wasn't like I was <laughs> I was planning everyone else's demise. All right. So <laughs> tell us about um, your recruiting experience, how you were recruited. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I, I, I played on a travel team with a ton of really talented kids, and they were all getting recruited. There was a, a an, an older coach, Bob Heck, 
I don't know if you remember him. You remember no, Bob Heck? I don't remember Bob Heck. He was the head softball coach at Georgia State, and he was recruiting basically our entire team. And my father at the time, he, he looked at me at, at when I was everybody was going through the recruiting process, and he said, "Look, that's great, you know, like that. That's great that old Bob Heck wants you, but you're not going to go to school in the middle of downtown Atlanta." So. Uh, but I had a friend, a friend on the team. She invited me to a summer camp. And back at this time, the camp was actually at Furman University, but there was probably about 30 head coaches there from other schools. So I ended up, it was a great, again, a God thing because I had a really good week. And um, after that week, I had letters from five or six schools and they were all school. I was just like, oh, this is a dream. There's no way. This is nuts. I, I will tell you, I, I, I love a good story, but I will tell you this before your next question. <laughs> so we're all sitting in the stands, me and all my buddies, and this is at Furman University, and they're giving awards at the end of camp. And so all of my friends are on, you know, like, oh, th- this kid gets, you know, on the, the most athletic, blah, 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 and this kid gets this. And so they're at the end of all the awards, and I am... I'm so embarrassed and I'm so upset that I haven't gotten an award yet. And I'm like, man, you know, and so the whole time I'm like, I thought I had a pretty good week. And so all of my friends, like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm a mess at this point. Like I'm sitting next to my mother and, you know, it was just like one of those things. It was like, oh my gosh, can we just get out of here because I'm embarrassed and just a bad day. But so they get to the MVP and yours truly got the MVP of the whole stinking camp. There were like 300 kids at this camp. So when I say I had a good week and it was just a a God timing issue, that's literally what it is. So you were feeling sorry for yourself, were you? <laughs> I was embarrassed, totally feeling sorry for myself. Yeah, absolutely. It was awful. We saved the best for last. You should know that. Yeah, well, I didn't, uh, maybe my self-confidence was was not where it needed to be well so Furman recruited you is that what you're saying yes Furman was one of the schools that recruited me and this is how much of a punk I was so the and I loved Furman Furman was beautiful and I thought there's no way you know like Furman is just oh my gosh it's it's one of those places that was like ah, I'm not gonna fit in here <laughs> like this is crazy but the coach came up to me in the middle of a scrimmage at camp and she said hey hey kid what's your GPA and I'm getting my glove and I'm about to run out to shortstop and I turn around and I look at her and I say, not good enough to get in here and turned around and ran off to shortstop. <laughs> nice. And and so she still came after you? Honestly, I think that's what made her come after me a little oh, bit harder. Okay. Well, what's your GPA then? We're, it's, um, it's, that's information we don't need to disclose. Okay. So, so how did it go? What, how did she contact you again or? And this was back in the day when it was handwritten letters. Right. I still have them. I mean, that was, yeah. it was great. You actually, every day I was checking the mailbox. That was no, no kid now understands what that's like because email and, you know, everybody is tweeting and Insta and all that kind of stuff. But back in the day when that mail ran, I was the first one at the mailbox going, did I get a letter today? So it was all handwritten letters, and then we set up the visit, and it came down between Furman and Winthrop. And um, it was, I just, man, Furman was so beautiful, and it was unlike anything I'd ever seen. So in my mind, it was like, there's, this is where I'm supposed to be. All right. So tell us about your college days then. Oh, Lord. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We're going somewhere with this. Okay. Okay. Um, man, college days. Uh, Still a punk. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But the uh, I wearing had a, purple. Wearing purple, man, and and feeling good in it too. Like to, I'm gonna tell you, have you tell a story about purple later? <laughs> who who wears purple and feels exactly good about it? Who does? <laughs> You'll find out. Okay. All right. The audience will find out who wears purple. Oh, no. Feels good about it. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know where I'm going with that. Yes, I do. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, college was great. College was a very fun experience, but I will say Furman, man, it was tough. Like, I, I studied my rear end off for low C's. <laughs> <laughs> Low season, proud of it. Low season, and everybody else in the class, they'd be like all ticked off if they got like an 89. They're like, what? All right, be honest for a second now. Come on. Yeah. How did you get in there with your great high school grades? (laughs) Honestly, the coach said that she got one freebie every year. (laughs) (laughs) You were the freebie. Nice. I was the one that the coach had to go to admissions and say, hey. It's like let her in, let her in, and I'll make sure she stays on track. <laughs> was she on you all the time? Absolutely. Like I think my first week there, one of the conversations she, you know, invited me in for a meeting, a one-on-one meeting in her office, and she said, "Look, you've got one job," and I'm eager freshman. I'm like, "Yes, ma'am, give it to me. What is it?" And she was like, "You got to stay eligible." And you know, like I'm a high school kid that doesn't. I was like. Absolutely. Not even understanding what that really meant, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm eligible, baby. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yes, I, I had lots of tutors and I did, you know, in high school I had an okay GPA. It was my test scores that were going to, that were keeping me out of Furman. So the SAT, it was, that was a, just a nightmare that was a, <laughs> for a kid that had to study for A's and B's in high school. Taking the SAT, it was like, you know, and that was back then before you could hire an SAT tutor and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we were, we were just stinking winging it, right? So Mm -hmm. the SAT was my nightmare. So my GPA was okay. I made A's and B's in high school. So not too bad. So you went through college without Jesus, right? Well, yes and no. So I, I accepted Jesus at 17. I had some high school buddies that kept inviting me to church and uh, I went to church and, and accepted Jesus uh, when I was 17. Um, actually, one of my good friends from the softball team, she invited me to a Petra concert. I don't know if you even remember that group. That's so a long time ago. That was a long time ago. So I actually got saved at a Petra concert. So I'm 17 years old, um, and, and I knew something special was happening. I knew that it was a big decision and something – you know, that, that, that was something that everybody was celebrating. I remember it was April, her name, uh, is April Powell. It was April Tullis back then, but her brother who is now, uh, with Jesus, he came in and he said, Hey, he said, heaven is celebrating right now because of the decision you made. And that has stuck with me ever since, but I knew Jesus, but I I was definitely not surrendered. And there's, there's a big, big difference. And later, little did you know you were going to visit Petra someday. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah. What kind of music did they, were they hard rock? It was like, yeah, like hard rock and roll. Like almost like, like think about 80s hair bands. Like that was kind <laughs> of- Hard rock and roll about Jesus? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> like Skillet? Yes. 
Yes. But that was even before, there was no like Christian radio station. No, the Christian music, uh, forgive me, but it was terrible. It was awful. It was mostly gospel. It was, yeah. And I was, I mean, I was a kid, you know, back in the day, I'm listening to Janet Jackson, Mary J. Blige, like, you know, Notorious. Come on, man. Like, yeah. yeah. Good role models. (laughs) Wonderful. Right. Right. (laughs) All the while. Yeah. Saying yeah. you're a Christian, right? Yeah. Well, hey, did I did I know Jesus? Yes. Yeah. Was I following him and surrendered to him? Uh, I, I didn't really understand that concept yet. All right. So tell us what that was like in college, in your college days. Oh, so you're a gosh. Christian. Yeah. A Christian in quotes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You weren't uh, baptized, were you? Submerged? I was. Um, and that was at my the church that I went to while I was in high school. Shatterbrook Baptist, baby. So yes, I was baptized. Baptist. All right. So tell us what what's going through. So you have the Holy Spirit. So what do you think the Holy Spirit's feeling when, during this time of your life <laughs> while um, he's in while he's in Dana? Oh my gosh! Honestly, See, give me some of the things the Holy Spirit might have been saying. <laughs> <laughs> This, you didn't think other, didn't think other than I was a, good a question. I know this is a good question. Other than I was a holy mess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I, you know, we had this conversation um, as a, as an FCA staff not too long ago. And the question was presented, can you disappoint God? And I said, I don't think you can disappoint God, but I do think that we can grieve God. I think the decisions that we make, um, I think it grieves him. I don't think, it, you know, disappointment almost sounds like he was surprised, but I think that we can, I think he grieves over certain decisions. So at that point in my life, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit, like there was a, a lot of decisions I was making that I, I probably grieved God a lot. I mean, I, you know, unfortunately, looking back on it, it's part of my growth story. So, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing I can go back and change, but um, yeah, I, I just, I'm not sure I knew how to live it out though. You know, can, like, yeah, can you like, I can picture the Holy Spirit with his arms crossed, tapping his toes, <laughs> absolutely. shaking his head. Yes. Now. What is she doing now? Yeah, absolutely. That was probably, I mean, you nailed it right there. That was probably <laughs> the very image. <laughs> so was there an event that changed all of that for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but there was a lot of time in the middle. So from 17 until I was 36 years old. That is a long time to know Jesus and know about Jesus. And there's your life. Yeah. There's ebbs and flows of when I feel like I'm really pursuing God and I'm on the mountaintop. And then there were times where it was like, I'm going to lead my life and I'm going to, you know, it's all about me and I'm going to take care of number one, baby. So it was ebbs and flows. But at 36, my grandmother, who we were just incredibly close, she was my person. I called her mama's. So at 36, my mama's passed away. She had pancreatic cancer, but I I got to to physically be in the room when she passed, and I have never felt something as powerful as that. And that really, I felt like God was grabbing me, you know, by the by the collar of my shirt, going, "Hey, get it together. You're going to meet me one day. Get off the fence." And mm. Honestly, from that moment on, it was, okay, God, like I'm screwing this whole thing up, so I'm going to surrender to you, and I don't even know what this looks like, but 
I'm going to follow you and nothing else. Yeah. So you were screwing it up for what? 17 years, 20 years almost. Yeah. A long time. Absolutely. And the whole time time. I'm coaching athletes. I was going to say you're coaching athletes. Oh gosh. Like, and God continued to give me influence. Mm. Why? I have no idea. Like I I was a head coach for three years. uh, My first head coaching job at Anderson university. And then I was a head coach at Furman university for nine years and, and had influence there. And, for no good reason. I mean, it wasn't until my last two years at Furman that I really understood the platform that God had given me. Mm-hmm. So how'd you get into coaching and why? Oh now, looking gosh. back on it today, why? Yeah. Why? Well, <laughs> honestly, I, I really thought I was going to graduate Furman and be a high school PE teacher and a coach because I thought, that's the stinking life. Oh, you get summers right, off, yeah. you get Christmas break. <laughs> so that it wasn't because I wanted to be a teacher. And you throw the ball at the kids and say, here, play yeah. dodgeball. Right. <laughs> you play dodgeball and you count me in. Yeah. <laughs> no exams. Right. <laughs> no right. So that was, grade. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that, that was the plan. Uh, but I had some, some, you know, other coaches kind of come alongside and say, look, if, if you're going to do that, why don't you get paid the most you can get paid? So go get your master's. You know, and they said, if you don't get your master's now, you're, you're not going to get out of school and ever going to want to go back. And so I took their advice and I went to Campbell University, uh, up in Bowie's Creek. Yes. Campbell Camels. Campbell Camels. And so I I was the graduate assistant coach there for two years and, um, got my master's and helped with the softball team. And that is where I thought, there's no way I could ever do this because this job is so neat and so ridiculously cool. And I mean, it was just like, holy cow, like this, this is what I want to do. Yeah, it's interesting how so many people want to do that, but then they get in it and it's not what you think it is. It is a Especially lot. Especially today. It's- oh, absolutely. Today it is. I think it's probably harder to coach today definitely than it was when I first got, got into it. And that was 1997. You know, I mean, that's, gosh forever ago but, i think today coaches are have to be they have to do more off the field than on the field yeah psychology they have to be psychologists and psychiatrists and whatever else i, mean, I, it's I definitely think i definitely think you play a, a counselor counselor role. that's a better word yeah yeah it's it's tough absolutely and it is it's draining but yeah so that's why i got in that's and that you know, from that moment on, I left Campbell and I was the assistant coach at UNC Charlotte for two years and wanted to be at a bigger school. And so I was, you know, the first assistant there and loved living in Charlotte, hated the traffic. And so after two years at Charlotte, I thought, it's time. I want to be a head time. coach. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. tell us how you convinced the AD at Furman to hire you. <laughs> how old were you? Oh, man, I think I was like 20, 26, 27, something Pretty like that. young to be a head coach at Division Oh, I thought there was no way they were going to look at me. All right, so how did you do it? Well, How did you pull this off? Come you know, I, I did have the, the, you know, the whole I'm an alumni in my back pocket. Alumni. You know, I, I did you have that. probably wore purple. You know, I mean, interview. I wore a, a, a purple, a purple, a purple, a purple uh, dress suit to the interview. Really? <laughs> no. Oh. I can see you doing that. Oh, man. Um, But here's how it went down. So the head coach at Furman at the time, uh, I had played for her one year. The coach that recruited me and coached me for three years, she left to take the University of Georgia job. 
And uh, so my senior year, I had a brand new coach. So at this point, it's been years. And so this coach says, she calls me out of the blue and says, hey, go ahead and put your name in the hat. I'm retiring. I'm getting out of coaching. And uh, they're looking at a couple people, but I told them, hey, I mean, you're it. Like, go ahead and put your name in the hat. And I was like, what? I was like, there's no way. Like, this is amazing. So I did. I put my resume in and got a call back and went on an interview. And um, I was actually up north working the Fairfield University camp when I got the call that I got the job. And uh, I can I can still to this day remember calling my father. And um, he was so excited. I mean, he was just like, Dan, this is so great. He was like, I can't believe it. This is awesome. And, <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was, it was a really cool day. So I was just thinking you, you were being recruited by Georgia tech, right? The whole team. Is that what you said? Georgia state. Oh, Georgia, Georgia state. state. Okay. If I didn't have the grace to get in Furman, I definitely didn't have. How do you think your dad would have let you go to Georgia tech? <sighs> I, I don't know. I mean, uh, Georgia Yellow tech's jacket? a great school, yeah. you know? I mean, that's a great school, but you know, my dad, he's a, he's a salesman and he's a, he, he knows people well, and I think he just wanted me to not be in the middle of, of downtown yeah. Atlanta. I was just thinking the whole bulldog yellow jacket. Yeah. Thing. Oh, that that would have been an issue for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you get the job. You're excited. Yes. You're a young coach. You're excited. Yeah. Which, by the way, that goes away after a while. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your – all right, so what's it like at the first practice? When you first get all these kids together, oh man, I'm I was an old school coach on roids. Um, for some of you young kids that don't know what old school coaching means, like so, you know, we were playing when I was a player at Furman. We were actually competing against Florida State, mm-hmm. and we were not hitting well. So my coach goes in the dugout, grabs all the bats, and starts slinging them one by one on the field. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just making a scene, you know. So when I say old school coaching, like there was one time I was hanging out with my buddies uh, that were at Georgia State. We were at the same tournament together. We were staying in the same hotel, and I didn't realize I had missed curfew. Well, my coach you tracked. didn't realize it. Well, I mean, that's a story I'm gonna. Well, okay, that's we're gonna story. leave that alone. All right. <laughs> but I, I had a, uh, I, I had no um, cell phones to tell you. That's right. Okay, you get it. <laughs> So I'd miss curfew and literally my coach comes in her nightgown. Like she's wearing a nightgown, but I'm still scared to death of her because she comes and grabs me by the collar of my shirt and physically pushes me against the door, like manhandles me at this point. And so that's old school coaching. You can do that. And there was at no point did I ever think about going to the AD about that because I thought if this is what she does and she likes me, what's she going to do when she doesn't like me? <laughs> yeah, I don't think many kids, many players today can handle that. No, no. You, yeah. you had to have some tough skin. No, it was. Uh, Back in the day, right? Yeah. So yeah. this is where you got your coaching style from? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, oh Lord, I'm afraid to ask. Um, <laughs> so you meet the kids for the first time. And yeah. You had to be, you had, still had a chip on your shoulder. Well, at what? this point, the chip was more about I wanted to bring Furman back to the quote unquote glory days. You know, like I was 
you know, obviously I'm a Furman alumni, so I want to come back. And, and when I played, uh, we did really well. We had 41 seasons and we, I mean, we just had the coach did a really good job recruiting studs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I played with some really just top notch players. And, um, uh, so I, I, as a, as a, an alumni, I wanted to come back and say, okay, well, let's bring it back to the glory days. So I was, had a chip on my shoulder in the way of, I'm going to bring Furman back, baby. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, that's a dangerous road because my self-worth got so wrapped up in the wins and the losses. And we didn't win a whole lot the first several years I was there. We, we didn't win a whole lot. I mean, we, we definitely, we had some good seasons. We broke a lot of records. You know, we, I coached the first softball team ever there to um, go to the regionals. We played University of Tennessee. We got to, our kids got to hit against Monica Abbott. Very cool stuff, you know, but um, it didn't start out that way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was just trying to picture you at the first team meeting. Did somebody introduce you or you just No, I just, I came in like a, like a tornado. You I came wearing in, purple? I can't, honestly, probably. And I <laughs> Is probably, that all you had in your closet pro- for nine For a years? long time. I mean, for nine years it was all purple right, and you black. You might as well tell the story. <laughs> You're going to make me tell this story. Of course. You tell it at the uh, convention. I, I do. I, I've told this story. So uh, for those of you that don't know, Furman University is a, it's purple and black, but it's a, it's an obnoxious, uh, grape, dark grape colored purple. What's but, their uh, mascot? The Paladin. Oh. Yeah. It's a Christian knight. Nice. So. Um, well, that's something new. I didn't know Furman was Christian. Well, they've they've stepped away from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> but uh, most, most Christian schools have right, right. Another story, yeah, another definitely day. another episode, mm-hmm. definitely. But uh, real quick, just because this this story is is really the stupid. Story is funny though. Come on, oh my! So you can picture it. I can't. I mean, yeah. So I, you know, as a as a young coach at Farman University, you know, but that was back in the day when we wore like full wind suits. You know, like it was, you remember the the wind they suits had a match. <laughs> yeah, and you you know you had to wear the the top with the bottom, and yep. so I, same I had colors. Yes. Same oh color, man. Yeah. So I had uh, this all purple wind suit, and I can remember. Adidas? I was trying to think. It might have been. Uh, Starter or something like that. Yeah, it might have been even something crazy like Umbro. Oh. <laughs> you remember Umbro? Yeah, so- more soccer stuff. You, I don't know. You softball players wearing soccer. Well, they stuff. had an Umbro outlet in Greenville. So there was a, you know, we'd, we'd go through there pretty often. But, um, yeah, so. Oh, you bought your own stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. The school didn't supply this stuff? Oh, no, no. That was not until later. Oh, no. I got it. No. Oh, this is even funnier. Yeah. You went around looking for purple <laughs> clothes. I mean, come on. Yeah, and was kind of offended when people didn't have like a a full purple ensemble. <laughs> um, ensemble. I don't even think that's the last time you even wore purple because nobody wears purple. Oh, I haven't worn purple in a long time. A long time. It's been it's been a it's been a hot minute. All right, we got to get you back in the mirror. Go ahead. Okay, so this is uh, <laughs> this is. This is pregame. I can vividly remember getting dressed up in my purple wind suit. Hello. <laughs> and uh, standing in front of the mirror and kind of checking myself out and going, dang, I look good. We're going to freaking win today. <laughs> like, because you look good. The team's going to win. Absolutely. Beautiful. 
This is cool. beautiful. And you had assistant coaches? Yes, okay. I did. I've like had they, I had some really great assistant coaches. Did they wear coaches. purple too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was, yeah, you, you can't have the head coach all donned in purple. Did you, did you all look at it in the mirror together? <laughs> no. No, it was, it was just me. It was just me. There was no selfies back then either. Nope. So we have no proof of any. That's right. That's right. Thank that's, goodness. Yeah, you want to keep it that way. Thank don't you? goodness. Yes. Uh, purple. Oh, Even yeah. in it's eighty five degrees in Greenville, and you're wearing purple windsuit. Absolutely, it didn't matter because you look good. Didn't matter if I looked good, we were going to wear a hat too. Oh yeah, <laughs> one of those big khaki floppy hats. You know, made me look like a. I mean, I wear, I still wear a big hat, but I feel like it makes me look more like a a cowboy now instead of a a doofus. So <laughs> that's what I'm telling myself anyway. So, all right, so you've. So you coached with Jesus in your life for two years. So you had many more years without Christ as your um, guide, so to speak, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What was it like? Give us the contrast of the two. Oh, my gosh. Um, every part of what I did changed. My language, that was oh, a big one. You had bad language? Oh, man. Unfortunately, yes. Um, I, but, can, I can remember... Uh, I used to take the team when, when they would play poorly, I would take them all the way down to the warning track, you know, so mm-hmm. I knew it cause I was going to yell at them. They and this, knew that was coming. Huh? They knew it was coming. And this was not a, Hey, I'm, you guys have got it. Hang in there. I mean, it was, you know, I'm, I'm not living for Jesus and I'm, I'm not proud of any of these talks. It was terrible. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, there's no doubt in my mind. I embarrassed my family. I embarrassed the school. Um, I, I'm sure I embarrassed the kids. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a terrible, it was a train wreck, but mm-hmm. you know, that, that's what you do when you're not surrendered to Jesus. You're, you're a train wreck, you're a mess. And that's, that's what I was, but it changed my language. It changed how I looked at the kids. It changed why I was coaching. Like I had a different perspective on why I was there. It was no longer about softball. Um, it was about the kids that God was giving me. And so it, it, it was a 180. It was a complete 180. And if you had not really, um, if Jesus hadn't grabbed your heart that day, um, what what, did you call your grandma again? Mama's. Mama's. If uh, you didn't experience that, um, and we we fast forward to to 2022, you probably don't realize how poorly you acted. Because Mm. the Holy Spirit does that, right? The Holy Spirit convicts you, right? Mm-hmm. So he convicted you, he's convicted you now or in the last whatever years that you acted poorly. And it's, it's, it happened to me too. Cause I used to be such a jerk to umpires and I thought it was cool to do that. You know, yeah. But yeah. it was not cool at all. And now I feel terrible about it and there's really nothing you can do about it. But so, you know, now how you acted then was pretty poor. But if again, you don't have Jesus now. You probably don't even think about it, right? How many coaches go through their whole career without Christ, acting the way you acted, and still today, after they've retired, they don't think it's it's it was poor or yeah, no, un- inappropriate it's, because I've seen it. Absolutely, right? Yeah, we see it every day in, in coaching. So. And I think you know, playing in both of those roles, playing a coach. Before I was surrendered to Jesus and, and playing a coach after I've been fully surrendered to Jesus, uh, I think that's why now coaches are, man, like they pull on my heartstrings. 
I want to minister to them. I, I mean, I love the kids. I love the kids. But the coaches, there's just something about because I see coaches that you're thinking, man, I, I they don't have Jesus, and I know it could change everything for them because I've been in their shoes. And, um, yeah, so they that that's part of my – I think, you know, God used all of that for, for me to love coaches the way that I do and, and try and, you know, cause it, it's one thing to tell a coach, Hey, you need, you, you can do better, mm-hmm. you know, and you need to change how you talk and this and that. But I never took that well coming from a person that didn't understand me, you mm-hmm. know, coming from a person that hadn't been in my shoes, you know, I kind of wanted to look at them and be like, well, why don't you keep your opinions to yourself? Yeah. It's that chip on your shoulder. Yeah, it is a crazy <laughs> chip. chip. That chip. Good thing Jesus filled that chip in. Oh man, Jesus knocked that chip off. And you know, I mean, it's it's part of my flesh. You know, I can I still every once in a while when uh, something doesn't go my way, I can still kind of feel that man. You know, like that little chip on my shoulder. As far as like, you know, we always wonder, well, why doesn't things? Why don't things work out for me? And why didn't that happen for me the way it happened for them? And you know, like it just. But at this point. God has been so good to me. There is absolutely no reason for me to have a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Um, just he, just grateful. He's been good to you. Oh, gosh. You met me and Dot. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Did I say that right? Dot and I? How, how, what's the proper English on that? I think it's Dot and I. But mm. I, you know, I don't know. I just have a Furman degree. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty prestigious degree. It is. It is. All of that. It's amazing. All of that. And now you're in ministry. And and you didn't need a degree for that. Think nope. about that. Nope, not at all. And the crazy thing is, you know, just again, I, the the name of this podcast, All Jacked Up, I firmly, 100% believe that I am in full-time ministry because I'm all jacked up. There's <laughs> you, no... I can attest, folks. She is all <laughs> jacked up. There's no doubt in my mind. There's nothing. So, yeah. So, all right. So... Your your coaching career ended abruptly, not the way you thought it would end. Mm. 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 We don't have to go into another that. episode. That's another episode. <laughs> There's another episode too. I was thinking about how coaches today, and this might offend some people, but not don't really care. Um, people coaches that say they're Christian and then they're cursing their players out, mm. and the umpires out. You know some of them. Absolutely, I mean, we've all seen it. In, uh, but the Bible tells us we'll know a fruit by its tree. Exactly. I mean, know a tree so, by its fruit. Right. <laughs> know a fruit by its tree. I think some people like to pretend they're Christian, but uh, that's a, that's yeah. a whole nother story. It so, is. okay, let's get into the the best part. So your career ended abruptly. And God, Lana Mackey. Oh, Lana Mackey. She's amazing. She's Love Lana Sullivan now. Married. And, uh, yeah, How married, many kids? and I think she's got like fifteen kids. Fifteen, beautiful. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, so Lana give called, us that story quick, and then we'll yeah, wrap it up. Lana uh, called me out of the blue and said, "Hey, coach, I want to introduce you to somebody." And you know, she told me who you were, Bob Pinto, and she said, "Listen, he runs FCA softball." And I thought, "Whoa, I didn't even know there was an FCA softball. I've known FCA and was very familiar was with very that. Very young at that time. Yeah, just just yeah, recently mm-hmm. recently started, and um, so." I had a conversation with you because of Lana Mackey, who is now Lana Sullivan. So had a conversation with you, and it was, I, will you agree, a complete, total God thing. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't mean, know you. I didn't even vet you, really. 
honestly, I didn't. Well, let me. This, I just went by Lana and said you're awesome. So, but I heard that's another story. You and Lana had your run-ins too when we you did. coached her. Absolutely, like that was. <laughs> I can look back on some of my um, interactions with Lana as a player, and again, this is me before being surrendered to Jesus, and I am. Oh my gosh, there's certain things that I've done that I'm just mortified. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's certain things me I've too, said yeah. to kids that I'm like, holy cow, like that just, it, it honestly, like it, it tears my heart up. Yeah. You know, I a hundred percent agree. I did it too. So yeah. I would look back and I'm like, man, I can't believe I said that. Yeah. You know, it's uh but that's what they say. The tongue, it's the worst, the littlest organ and it's uh, causes the most damage. So we talked, we can have another episode on our phone conversations. <laughs> yes. <but laughs> Right. Yes. You were like always looking for answers. And I'm like, ah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but FCA, you know now, FCA has a process. Yes. And it's not a short process. It's not. It you is not a short process. This, this vetting thing. And That's right. They make sure you're meant to be in ministry. So, so Dot and I, so I ran FCA softball. Uh, there's another podcast about how we got the job here at Liberty, um, which is really a God thing. And then um, we, we just asked you to take over, and you took over FCA softball, and the rest is history. It's been, what, 10 years now that you've been on staff? About nine, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, because so, we've been at Liberty for nine. Yeah. But I think you were on staff at least a year before that, right? Yes. It yeah, was, so it was when you guys handed the ministry off to me, I think I had been on staff for like a year and four months or something. Yeah. I mean, it was because I can remember having a conversation with you going, <laughs> You were like, hey, you know, we want you to take over and, and run the ministry. You know, God's called us to coach up here at Liberty. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, that's way too big. Like, I, I don't want to mess it up. And because you had done such a great job of getting the right people in place and God was really moving. And I, I just I felt overwhelmed. So for anybody out there that feels like you are uh, taking on too big of a task, as long as you've got Jesus, hey, because it was definitely too big of a task for me, but there's no doubt in my mind that God had ordained that. Mm. So it, it was it was part of His plan. I think we're gonna have to have a part two. I'm I'm down with it. Talk about FCA softball. I got one last. I do have two questions. Maybe I'll leave <laughs> your worst dating experience for another time. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that that's got to be a whole that's that's a whole episode in itself. <laughs> yeah, because you have. Worst is dating. Experience. Right, I have, I have, Plural, right? I have bad, terrible, and worst. I have all, all of those. Some of them are hysterical. Right. Though. No. Only can happen to you. I think God's uh, like showing you. Oh, like, it's, I think God. Is, uh, yeah. God has a great. This sense is your of humor. punishment. <laughs> yeah. Remember all those times you were a punk. <laughs> you want to see a chip on your shoulder? Yeah. All yeah. right. So, so all jacked up. Tell us, Dana. Why are you all jacked up? Man, because God has done an amazing work in my life. There's there's literally no other way to say it. God pursued me, and the fact that God pursued a messed up, jacked up person like me, it is by far the most humbling thing that has ever happened to me. So, uh, and at this point, God is, he, he's been pursuing me for so long. He pursues all of us, our entire lives. Like, that's the whole reason we're here. We were designed to have a relationship with our creator. So, to know that the creator of the universe pursued me, me of all people, like all jacked up Jenkins, like all jacked up. I like up. that. Oh. All jacked up I feel Jenkins. like that should go on a shirt or something. Is that, yeah. Would have Purple. To. <laughs> oh, 
with black writing. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, I just picture it. Just the fact that Jesus pursued me, um, man. I want to. I want to honor him, and I want to. I want to. I want to pursue him the rest of my life here on earth, and can't wait to be in heaven. That's awesome. And if you want to uh, pre-order your all Jack Up Jenkins <laughs> shirt, <laughs> we'll have them. Oh but gosh. there you have it, Dana Jenkins, your amazing host. Now you know a little more about her. Well, thank you, Bobby. I appreciate you being here. And uh, hey, guys, we hope you guys have a great week, and I hope you spend the week all jacked up. Mm-hmm.